Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's nice to see you. Oh, my goodness. We are at capacity. Look at you guys overflowing our church. How exciting is that? Hello, onlineers as well, whether you're podcast listeners or online viewers. We welcome you. We love you. You're part of the family this morning. Everyone say hi to online. <laughs> just, just like um, amazing, amazing, amazing. If you're new with us, my name is Charlie. I'm the pastor here with my husband, Benaya. Um, and we are stoked and excited that you have chosen to spend your morning with us, that you are here, that you are present. And Steve, thank you so much for sharing that beautiful testimony. So powerful. So powerful, but also so... I guess timely, you said a couple of things in that that is so timely to what we're talking about as a church. We're we're doing a series, we've been doing a series on um, the prophetic and discernment and a little bit more supernatural stuff. And I loved when Steve said that, you know, he had someone who had, you know, he'd read those scriptures, he'd heard those scriptures time and time again. But in the right timing, when someone came up to him and gave him that word of knowledge, that was the thing that changed. So when he said, I've got a word for you. And that's what we've been talking about, isn't it, church? About when we're like so, when we're connected in with the Holy Spirit, we're connected in with what God's saying. It's those moments, those prophetic moments that when you feel like God has put someone on your heart or a word or a vision or something and you share it. And that's the life-changing moment that we're talking about. So thank you for sharing that, Steve. And then also how powerful about our church being a place that is overflowing with people that are walking in and finding, you know, healings and salvations. And that just so speaks into the heart of where we're at currently as a church. So thank you, Steve, for sharing. It's exciting. And um Before we get into it, I also have some exciting news. Um, So we are obviously in the most unusual season that we've ever been in, in probably life ever as a church. But good news is in the Shoalhaven, if you don't know this, we have had zero cases of COVID-19 for the last four weeks, which means, yay, Shoalhaven! That's quite exciting. Um, So we have actually made a decision as a church to bring back worship as of next Sunday with, yes, 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 yes. There are still some conditions and parameters that we have to work in, obviously. So we will still be social distance. We do still have to, you know, maintain, because that's a legal requirement from our government that we need to still maintain social distancing. Um, Whether we're vocally singing or not is a recommendation. So that's not a legal thing. It's just being classed as a recommendation, which we have thought in the season we would hold back on for the moment. But how we're going to reintroduce this into our church is if you do feel like you want to be a part of that worship service, we are going to strongly recommend that you wear a mask. We will have disposable face masks at the door so that when we're in here and we are singing together as a church family, we're still protecting and doing what we need to. 
Also, though, if you do not feel comfortable, there is no pressure for you to be inside the building during that time. We're happy for you to wait out in the courtyard. You'll still be able to hear the music. We'll still put it through our speakers out there so you can just sit and enjoy it up until we finish the song service and then we'll welcome you back in and you can enjoy the service, sit in for the preaching and all of that. So we ask, it's not just going to be full-blown, hallelujah, big choir happening. Um, we are still obviously going to have to do it in a safe way, but we just thought, look, we've you've done so well, church, and I think that we've seen, you know, even with the you know, the locally transmitted cases, it's getting less and less. In the Shoalhaven, like I said, we've had four weeks of zero. We still need to be vigilant. And if there is a flare up um, of, you know, transmissions and things like that, we will still have to cut it back and just say, look, we might have to stop singing for, for a time being. But at the moment, it looks like it's all go. So... Yeah, so yeah, so if you don't feel like that's something that you want to be a part of, obviously you're still welcome. Enjoy the worship in the courtyard and then you can come in for the service. Or again, we recommend that you're wearing the face masks um, and we are going to lift our voices and celebrate the end of the year, which is going to be good. Sound good? And one last thing just before I get into um, the message this morning, just wanted to highlight the... Um, Christmas setup that we have next week happening. Obviously, I love Christmas. It's my most favorite time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, anyways, <laughs> really great. Um, so I love Christmas at the best of times. I think with the year that it's been, I feel like I'm even more jolly about Christmas. So yay, yay, yay for Christmas. If you call Celebration Church your home, Come, set up stuff, be a part of it, be a part of the festivities. Um, it's going to be so fun. And also with that hamper appeal, like what Pastor Joel was saying, feel free to donate food, to sponsor a hamper. If you do know of a family in need, make sure you let us know. Make sure either you let your Connect leader know or our office, because we really want to bless people within our community that have struggled this year and that also find this time of year. I mean, obviously Christmas is, you know, busy and expensive for everybody, but we want to be able to really bless people in need that might find this type of type of I guess this season to be a little bit more um, pressure financially or whatever we want to be able to bless them so let us know if you know of anybody or we can help do that for anybody that will be amazing sound good I think that is all I'm gonna sit this morning it's just something new for me let's see how long I last sitting hey <laughs> I'm always like, get up and like, get all very excited. So we'll see how long I last in a, in a, a sitting state. But why don't I just pray for us before we start? So just close your eyes where you're at. Ah, and we just focus and fix our attention on you, beautiful Jesus. Beautiful King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We thank you, God, that you are steadfast. We thank you that you are consistent. We thank you that you are unwavering, unmoved, unshakable. God, I thank you that your power and your ability is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, that you are not smaller now than what you were. You are, your power is not weakened somehow, God, but you are all-powerful all-consuming. And this morning, God, I just ask that you just realign us and refocus us with that power 
that we serve a God that is alive, that we serve a God that is still working, still moving, still doing miracles, still causing supernatural things to happen on the face of the earth, God. We're not serving a God that is dormant or that is quiet or that is old. We serve a vibrant, life-filled, all-powerful God. And this morning, King Jesus, we just, we open up our hearts to that, to that power, to that that incredible nature of you that wants to restore, that wants to rebuild, that wants to put right. And God, if there is anyone in this room this morning that needs a miracle, and we're talking a miracle, (laughs) we just speak to those people. I just speak to you this morning and say, our God is a miracle-working God. Our God is a powerful God. And it doesn't matter how long we've prayed for, how long we've asked, how long, how many altar calls we've been on, how many times we've lifted our hand. If it hasn't happened yet, it doesn't mean that you're not going to do it, God. You are still a miracle working God. And so for people in this place that need a miracle, that need a supernatural, that need a, I can't explain that moment, I ask Holy Spirit that you come and you do only what you can do. I partner with you this morning. I link my hand inside of your big hand this morning and I say, come and partner and do what only you can do. I thank you, God, that there's ministering angels in this building. I thank you that the great cloud of witnesses is peering in on this meeting and cheering us on and wishing that they could be a part of it the way that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So, like I said, we have been doing a series that's kind of on the prophetic, on the supernatural, on things like that. So just to recap, um, Benaiah spoke, has been speaking the last couple of weeks about the prophetic, and he was saying how the prophetic is there to encourage, to strengthen, to comfort, and to bring to life. So if ever we've got like an encourage, uh, a prophetic word, sorry, a lot of it sometimes is just an encouraging word. So sometimes it's just you feel like you're a very encouraging person. Um, you're probably a very prophetic person. Um, and we use those those words to bring comfort, life, in, to strengthen. And normally it's something that's either about who that person is, like what they're called to do, what's on their life, a grace or something that's on their life, or it's to do with something that's future, so something that has not yet come. Um, a word of knowledge is different. So sometimes we hear people saying, oh, I had a word for somebody, or the difference between a prophecy is that. So it's something that's either on somebody's life or it's future. A word of knowledge is if I was up here and I said, oh, there's somebody that has lower back pain on the right side of their body that is shooting down their leg. And then someone here goes, oh, that's me. That's a word of knowledge. It's something that's happening in the present moment that I might not have been aware of. Or you might say, I feel like somebody has, you know, a mother in a hospital in ward 15 and, you know, is going through cancer treatment and you go, oh, that, that's, that's a word of knowledge. So it's a little bit different to a prophetic word. And then we also touched on um, discernment. So when you get that sense inside of you, whether it's like, oh, something just doesn't feel right or it feels a little bit off, a discernment is when you kind of sensing and you're tracking what God's doing, um, the movements of the Holy Spirit. It can be for good things. It can be for not so good things. It can be for something that somebody might be going through. So they're kind of the things that we've touched on. Um, just to, again, and I know Benai has said it before, but also I just wanted to say, just to kind of 
demystify because sometimes we hear, oh, it's an angel. Um, can anyone hear? Sorry, people online. There's like a Santa Claus flying through the air. Um, not an actual Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa! No, I'm joking. Whoa, let's just go with me this morning, church. Um, so, so, just to kind of demystify, I know sometimes, especially if you've been in church for a while, the prophetic and the word of knowledge, and it can seem a little bit like, ooh, like super spiritual, a bit, a bit like oogie boogie, like, you know, oh, very exciting. I don't know if it does seem like that. Some people might feel like that. Anyway, just to kind of bring it down, really basic, and this is what I believe, I believe that every person has the ability to be prophetic, to have a word of knowledge, to have discernment, because it's just walking with God and it's just opening up yourself to receive words from Him, to receive His heart, just to kind of, it's not, it doesn't have to be a big, you know, I mean, yes, I know that there's, it says in the word that, you know, there's gifts of prophecy and there's gifts of these things. But also I feel like, you know, it's just walking with God. It's just having a relationship with God. It's just communicating with Him in your day to day. And you might get a sense about something. You might get a thought about something. And it's just Him leading you and guiding you. So don't feel like it's this big out there thing that when we talk about it, you don't feel like you can connect with it because you think, oh, well, I'm not a prophet. Um, I don't think it's that. I think it's you just walking with God and it's you just having that relationship with Him. And it's not something that's strained. I think we need to come to this point where we're constantly leaning into hearing from God. And so it's just normal. It's not this strange, like, oh God, I need a word. Like, give, like it's not this stressful, like, like it's just, it just is. It's just, there's this ease with it because I'm just doing life with God. Um, and I love this quote. Bill Johnson has said this. It says, hearing God doesn't come through effort. It comes through surrender. So it's just about you not pushing and striving and I want to be prophetic. It's just surrendering to him, going, God, my heart is open. I want to receive what you have to say. I want to align myself to position myself to be able to hear your voice. And that's all it is. Um, it's simple. It's easy. And there's been such great testimonies. I know last week, um, Benaya got you to, you know, split up. And if you've got a word for somebody, going in and sharing that. And what a powerful, powerful moment in our church. People were getting touched by God. There was people getting prayer. There was tears. There was healing taking place. So good on you, church, for embracing this and being having that surrendered heart to go, yeah, like let's, let's, open arms, open hands, go, okay, God, what do you have? Because um, I think when we do that, that's when we allow God to just come and do what he can do. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to sit in Acts 4 this morning. So let me get it up. So before this, let me just, this is such a cool story. I just, there's so much in this that even like as preparing this this week, and then I was rereading it this morning going, Oh, there's that and there's that and there's that. So there's a lot in this and I'm not going to be able to touch everything. But before this in Acts 3, this is when Peter and John were going to the temple and there was um, the man that was there and he was begging for, begging for money. And Peter and John say, look, we don't have that. But what we do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And it was this lame man. And so he was asking for something. He was asking for money. He was begging for arms, they say. Um, and they said, well, we don't have that. What you're asking for, you're not going to get, but you're going to get something so much better. 
and then he was healed. And it said then he went walking and leaping and praising God because he thought he was asking for something, but God met him abundantly above and beyond. That's a totally different sermon. I'm not even preaching that. But how good is that sometimes when you ask God for something, you don't actually get it, but what you get is better than what you wanted. Anyway, we'll put that in my pocket for another time because that's not even close to... Anyway, so, so that was in Acts 3. So that happened in Acts 3. Then Peter and John went to the temple and they were preaching Jesus. They were preaching the power of God. Um, and then the religious got upset because they said, you're not supposed to be doing that. And I'm just going to pick it up on the screen, guys. I only have it from verse 19. But if you've got your Bibles, read with me from verse 13. Um, because this is what I was reading this morning. I was like, I actually can't miss out this section of the story because it's so good. Um, So they had just healed this man. They'd gone into the temple. They were preaching Jesus. People weren't happy. They put them in jail. They were there overnight. And then this is when they got brought out um, into the people to get their judgment, like the religious people to get their judgment. It says in verse 13, Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Can we just like, I mean, like, I don't have like a three-point sermon this morning, church. I'm just going to like share. So write down whatever you get, but I don't have like number one. Um, But let's just look at this verse for a second. They observed, so the religious people observed Peter and John were uneducated and untrained, but they were amazed and they recognized them as having been with Jesus. Okay, I feel like we could just stop there and just go, okay, Jesus, talk to us. Because do people in your world recognize you as being with Jesus? Not because of your degree, not because of your house, not because of what job you're chasing, not because of anything that you've got that says you should be this person or look like this person, but do they recognize you because you've been with Jesus? Whoa, that in itself, I feel like is so confronting and cool. Verse 14, and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, They had nothing to say in reply. So they're trying to accuse Peter and John and saying, you can't talk about Jesus. You can't talk about the power. The guy that was lame, could not walk physically on the ground for years and years and years, was standing with them as a testimony, as a sign of God's power. And they said, we realize we have nothing to say in reply. And this is the thing. This morning, I haven't even said what I'm talking about. Um, We're doing the prophetic (laughs) signs, wonders, and miracles. And I love this. There's so much in this. I know I keep saying it, but that I love. When God does something so out of this world, so beyond comprehension that you cannot explain it, people cannot argue and say, these people could not say, you didn't really heal that man. He was standing there. He couldn't stand before. He couldn't walk before. And he was standing right next to them that they looked at him and they were like, we've got nothing. What are we going to, where's our argument? Where's our case? I've got nothing. Do you know what? When you see God do incredible things, when you step out in faith, like Peter and John did, when you have a word from God to go and move and you act on that and you see God do something incredible, people cannot form a case against you. People cannot argue against you. 
because the power of God is standing right there for everyone to see. I love this. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer to any man in this name. So they're saying, okay, we can't argue of what's happened. This has happened. This guy can walk now. What are we going to do? But we don't want it to spread any further. So we're going to command you, you cannot speak about Jesus anymore. We're going to try and rein this in. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Verse 19, we've got this on the screen for you so you can join along. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. We cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. I want to just pause here for a moment and ask you, is it an option for you to speak about what you have seen and heard? Do you find yourselves in situations where you're like, oh, I could talk about Jesus or I could share this, but I'm not going to. And you're silent. And I'm speaking to myself here, church, because there are so many times when I think that I could have or I should have or I didn't. But this is what Peter and John are saying. We are so messed up in the best possible way about what we have seen and what we have heard that you cannot silence us. You cannot muzzle us. You cannot shut us up because what else are we going to do? What else are we going to talk about? And this morning... Have you stopped speaking, church? Because if you have, maybe you haven't seen and heard to begin with. Or maybe you've forgotten what you've seen and you've heard. Or maybe you're so disappointed that you haven't seen and heard what you wanted to for years and years and years that you're not speaking. But this morning, the first thing I want to do is just challenge us. Are we still speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard? Because that we should be living such a life that we can't contain it. That there's miracles upon miracles, that there's words upon words, that there's encounters upon encounters where it's like, I can't stop speaking about it. Silly example. Maybe it's not a silly example, but my son at the moment. Obviously, every week, Benar and I talk about him to you. And someone was like, it's just funny because obviously... When you're pastors, we're up here and we're sharing our life. So you can obviously track where our life is up to based on like the analogies that we talk about. And so at the moment, obviously, it's our son. Our world is consumed with him. You cannot stop me speaking about what I have seen and heard about my son. I'm telling everybody. I'm telling people when he's rolling. I'm talking about his nap schedule. I'm like, you can't stop me because I am so in love with my son. Are we like that with Jesus? Are we like that with our walk with God that it's like when you catch up with someone, it's that awkward like, yeah, it's nice. The weather's really great. Oh, yeah, how's your family? Oh, my gosh, did you know that I saw this guy and he had no limbs and I prayed for him and his limbs grew back? 
Like, can you contain what God is doing because you are seeing and hearing the incredible power and majesty of our God? And the way that we're linking this to the prophetic and what we're talking about is because it's supernatural. It's stuff that you can't explain. It's you tapping into the voice of God and you hearing. And I love, I love that Peter and John were like still honoring. They were like, yeah, like if this is what you want, okay, who, like we don't know if it's right or wrong, but... Almost like, I'm so sorry, but you cannot stop us talking about what we have seen and what we have heard. Let me ask you another question, church. And again, let your faith and your expectation just rise again. Because this is not a condemning thing. This is not saying you're not doing good enough or whatever. This is to inspire you for what is in your hand. And this is it. It's not something that you need to strive for. Like I said, it's you just leaning in to the grace of God. You're just leaning into the voice of God. And all you're doing is you're partnering with Him, with His Word, to then go out and be His hands and feet. That's all it is. But when was the last time, and just have a little think to yourself, where you saw God do something impossible? Where you saw a miracle? And maybe for some of you, you think, I've actually, I've never seen that. Like I've had people pray for me, but maybe you've never seen. But those moments where it's like, I cannot explain what just happened. It has to be God. Whether it was a healing, whether it was you gave a word for someone and it was like you had no idea about their situation. They looked at you and they were like, that's freaky. Like you are so spot on. Like somebody told you, didn't they? And you're like, nah, it's just God. Like Was it something where you prayed for finance and then you looked in your bank account and you had a miraculous provision of financials? Like, was it that? Was it something where you asked someone to get to know Jesus and they got saved there and then and you got to lead them in a prayer? When was the last time, have a think, that you saw a miracle? Was it this week? Ooh, prickly questions. Was it a year ago? Was it five years ago? Was it when you first got saved 30 years ago? Because this power, this Jesus, this God is the same today. He is the same today. I'm excited. Let's keep moving on. We're going to go down to verse, what am I, verse 29. We're going to skip down a little bit. So good. So for we cannot speak, stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. They get released. They go back to their people. This is Peter and John. And then this is what they say. They're praying to God about it. And in verse 29, it says, And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. Get this. It's so cool. That we, okay, bondservants, so people that believe in Jesus, we, this is us, you, speak his word with confidence, yeah, The word could be a testimony. The word could be the Bible, actually speaking the word of God. The word could be a prophetic word that you get for somebody. The word could be a word of knowledge, but you're speaking that out in confidence. Yeah, that's you. That's your part to play. Yeah, that's your job. That's your assignment. You are speaking the word, whatever that looks like, your testimony, the word of God, prophetic word, word of knowledge, encouragement. You do that. And look at what he does. Oh, it's so beautiful and good in every way. It's just this beautiful partnership. That's you. Then what does he do? While you extend your hand 
to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It's this beautiful marriage between you and him of you going, God, I will speak. I will speak out. I will give that word. I will give that prophecy. I will give that encouragement, knowing full well that when you do, He comes with His hand to heal. He comes. I'm standing up because it's just too much. He comes to heal. He comes to do signs and wonders. Are we there? Yes. Heal, signs and wonders. Signs and wonders that you stop and you go, it's a sign. It's a sign of God. It's a sign of His love. It's a sign of His goodness. It's a sign of His truth. Wonders. Wonders are left when you go, whoa, wonders. (laughs) Whoa, I don't know. (laughs) Whoa, I don't know. So, and it's something that you can't explain. It's something that you just go, I just had a word for someone and I thought, you know what, God, I'm not going to be silent because I cannot stop speaking about what I have seen and heard. I'm going to give this word to someone like that person, that beautiful person that gave that word to Steve and said, you know what, I have a word for you. You are not a mistake. God knitted you together in your mother's womb. And then Steve goes, whoa, his God's hand comes down, reaches Steve out, heals. What does it do? He comes and he heals, hand to heal, heals Steve's heart. Now Steve is a beautiful part of our church, our family. Who knows what would have happened if that person didn't speak out and then God did the rest. And that's it, church, is sometimes we just get... We get so concerned that, oh, I mean, I physically can't heal. There is nothing in my being, my Charlotte being, that can heal you. I know that. I get that. I'm so humble in that. But what a beautiful thing that I don't have to. There is no pressure. There is no expectation. He does that. And I love that. I love that verse. I love that Peter and John have said that. God, that when we speak out, when we give your word with confidence, You come and you do the rest. You come and you do the healing. And then I love this. When they had prayed, the place where they had gathered was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Boldness, church. You can be so bold in the word of God because it's not about you anyway. I love that. I almost feel like it's just a pre-empting of You know, God, you're the one that heals. You're the one that does the signs and wonders. Of course, I can be bold in that because it's not about me anyway. It's not about my failures. It's not about me missing the mark. It's not about me praying for that person and they don't get healed and then I feel embarrassed. It's all good. You've stepped out with boldness. Leave it the rest to God to do his work in Jesus' name. I love it. I love it. I love it. We had this, I'm going to share some testimonies. We had, um, and some of you have heard this before. We went through this season in youth where we used to do, so I have grown up in a Christian home. I went to the Anglican church with my parents and then I started coming to youth here when I was 13, 14, 13, 13, 14, right there. Um, And Benai was the youth pastor and like incredible, incredible testimonies in that season of seeing God do amazing, amazing things. And we used to do this thing sometimes. Beautiful Jen Mitchell was my, um, I was going to say RDG leader. She was my connect leader. It's called RDGs back then. Um, And we used to do these things sometimes that were called treasure hunts. 
where you would get to, we would get together, we would sit all together and we would just pray and we'd ask God. It was just pretty much, I mean, we are so young. We're so fresh in our faith. We don't really have all the theology and all the right scriptures to say. We're just keen, hungry kids. So we're like, come on, God, we'll do whatever you want. Um, and so we would get together and we'd pray and we'd sit together and we'd just ask God, God, will you just give us clues for people in our city that need a touch from you, that need a word from you tonight. And so we'd sit together. There were times when we probably got it really, really wrong, but we're keen and eager. And so we're just like, we just pray for people anyway. And I just remember this time where we were praying and people were getting random things. So someone was like, I got coals. And we're like, okay, cool, coals. Another person was like, I got a red shirt. And we're like, okay, red shirt. Someone was like, oh, I've got like a sore knee. And so we're like, okay, cool. So a bunch of us jumped in the car went to Coles, and so we're looking for someone with red, because we're like, Coles, red, sore knee. So we're all sitting on that bench outside Coles, awkward, like, and a little bit like nervous energy, like, <laughs> like, like all getting really excited because we're there and we're on mission and we're, you know, pumped up with the Holy Spirit. And so we're sitting there and we're like, and then this guy walks in with a red shirt. And you know that feeling when you're like, you're keen, but then when it comes to it, you're like, <gasps> oh man, like, do I actually have to now? Like, is this real? Like, do we really, it was a blue God. Maybe we got blue. Maybe it's not red. Um, anyway, and so there's this guy walking in and he's, he's got a red shirt. He's under the coal sign. And so they're all like, hi, hi, hi. Um, I'm Charlie. Um, I think Dave was there. I'm Davo. I'm Jen. Hi. Um, we're just wondering, um, can we pray for you? This person's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, just wondering if you have a sore knee. This person's face just goes, yeah. And we're like, <gasps> and you know when you're like, you kind of get it right, but you're like, yes, <laughs> like slyly in the background, like, yeah, come on. And we're like, because oh, we, we just feel like God has sent us here to Coles and we were praying and we've got a red shirt and we thought that you might have a sore knee and we wonder if we can pray for you. And the person's like, yeah, I've got, a, and he like dislocated his knee or something and his, the ligaments were all stuffed up. So he was like, yeah, no, you can pray for me. So then I think Davo was the one that got down and he's there praying for him and we're all standing there like, please, 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 like, please, 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 come on, Jesus. Anyway, it actually didn't work the first time. And we were like, oh, okay. And then Davo was like, can I pray again? And the guy was like, yeah, okay. Like kind of almost like a novelty. Like, what am I going to say? These kids are like so keen. Um, so I think David prayed three times. By the third time, this guy's knee got healed. His knee got healed. And it was just such a cool moment as I don't even know how old I was, 15 or 14 or whatever, to just go, man, when I stop, when I listen to God, when I have the childlike hunger to just go, let's go on a treasure hunt, God, that he can meet me in my so imperfections, in my, I mean, who knows what even we prayed over this guy. Like it probably wasn't accurate theologically or whatever, but it was just that hunger to go, God, we want to hear you. And then we want to move and we want to see you do a sign and a wonder and a miracle. And he did. And it was just this such cool, cool moment as a young person to go, this is real God. Like this is it. And do you know what? Like, I almost feel a little bit ashamed because that was so many years ago. I don't think I've been on a treasure hunt since. And this is me being really honest and really transparent. But why? Like, why not? Why not have those adventures with God where you stop and you go, 
God, I want to be your word. I want to speak your word with boldness. And then when I speak it, that's when you move. I love it. I love it. I love it. Some more crazy testimonies, if that's okay. So Smith Wigglesworth, have any, has anyone heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Yes, he was born in 18 something, 1840 or 50 or 60, 1800s. He died, I know that he, well, he probably wasn't born in the 1840. He died in 1940, so, or 1940, let me get it right, 47. So he was born 18 something. Um, and he was this, he was just this crazy, crazy evangelical, like, anyway, pastor, preacher, whatever you call him. And he has these testimonies of the first time he raised someone from the dead. Has anyone ever seen someone raised from the dead? No, neither have I, (laughs) to be honest. Um, But he has this testimony that he was down the front and this person brought in their, I'm pretty sure it was their dead husband. She was like, I know that God can heal. And so he picks up this dead person and holds it against the wall and says, in the name of Jesus Christ, come back to life. Drops him, he falls. No, I'm not even joking. Okay, as a pastor, I would have to have all the faith in the world to pray for someone who was dead in the first place, let alone to hold them up against the wall in front of everybody and drop them. It didn't work the first time, so we did it a second time. In the name of Jesus Christ, you know, rise from the dead. Again, drops didn't work. The third time, it took him three times again, and he came back to life. Incredible. I'm not saying that we should go around to graves and hold people up against walls, but church, just to challenge us, same God, same God, same power, same Holy Spirit. It doesn't change through ages and generations. The way he works might look a little bit different. Like I said, I'm probably not going to be holding up dead people inside of our church, but it happened. And it's happening. Another person, um, I was reading about Reinhard Bonnke, and he was at a crusade over in Africa. And this lady, her, her husband had died a week ago. And she, they still get embalmed over there, but it's different to here. They hadn't taken all the organs out. And she carried in her dead husband. And he, she sat him next to her. And while he was preaching, he didn't even pray for this guy. He was just preaching. And if anyone knows Reinhard Bock, he's super passionate, super on fire for God, all about Jesus, all about salvation, all about healings, restoration, coming to Jesus as you are. The lady was just sitting there and in her heart, she was just saying, God, I know you can raise my husband. I know you can raise my husband. I know you can raise my husband. The next moment she looked over and he was sitting up with eyes open, listening to the word of God. And he had come back to life just in the meeting, just in the atmosphere. This is happening. Again, there was um, a word of knowledge. This is really cool. At Bethel, um, Pastor Bill was saying, I feel like I need to pray for people with autism. I've got this word of knowledge for people in autism, with autism. Um, So he was like, if you have it, stand up. There was this mum there whose kid was in the Um, children's program and she was like I'll stand up for my son so she stood up for her son stood there received prayer for autism for her son next moment when the service had finished her son came running in smile on his face happy oh it gets me emotional and she looked at him and she was like oh my gosh normally wouldn't make eye contact normally wouldn't like you know interact with her ran and gave her a big hug God had healed her son in the children's program while she stood for him 
still happens. Another lady was watching a pastor on, um, she was in a different country. She was like in Venezuela or somewhere. And she was listening to a pastor in America. And he said, oh, I have this, um, I have a word of knowledge to pray for people that have bipolar. And she was there and she was cleaning her house as she was listening to the, the word and she, she had bipolar. And so she was like, I'm actually going to stop and receive this word. So she stopped what she was doing. Power of God hit her. She ended up on the floor. She was there for she doesn't know how long. She got up off the floor. Bipolar was gone. Different countries, different, you know, time frames, different total. But it doesn't matter because the power of God works. It works when you have a word from God again and you step out. He does the rest. So cool. This is really cool. And you can actually watch this testimony online. I was watching it yesterday and I was like, because <laughs> it was about a little boy and obviously, you know, having a son, everything messes me up now. But there was this boy, again, this family was from Sweden or Switzerland and they were wanting to go to Bethel to, I forget the whole story. Anyway, they had a son. Sorry, let me, let me backtrack. They had a son. Everything was fine. He was healthy. And it got to when he was six months old when you start to introduce solids. And they found that whenever they fed him, he would get really, really sick. He would vomit. He wouldn't take the food. It was just like really awful. They took him to the doctor. He ended up having this condition where he couldn't actually, his body couldn't eat any food. Something to do with his digestion wasn't formed properly. He couldn't consume any food. It would just make him really, really sick. That was when he was six months old. Then they also found out as he started to grow that he had this disease where his muscles wouldn't form they would just they would actually start they were shrinking rather than growing so this little boy when he got healed was 10 years old so for 10 years of his life he was being fed through an intravenous at night every time when he went to bed he was in a wheelchair and he was really small and hunched over because all of his muscles were starting to deteriorate this family was like we you know had been praying, had been going getting all these operations done their little boy wasn't getting any getting any better and they said look we got to do something. What can we do? They were like, we're going to go to Bethel. We're going to go to the conference. But the mum was like, it's going to be way too intense to take him on a flight all the way to California. They were in Europe. They're like, we can't do it. So anyway, they forgot about it. And then they felt like they kept coming back to it. So they're like, okay, after a couple of years, they're like, we have to go. Anyway, they went to the, to the conference. The boy got prayer. Nothing happened. Got prayer again. Nothing happened. Was still really sick. Then she said one day they went and they had lunch in between one of the breaks and the night sessions or the day sessions. And they went to this restaurant and what they used to do for him was they would get food out on the plate when they were eating just so he could feel like he was a part of it and he'd kind of play with it. And, you know, but he obviously couldn't actually ingest any of it. And so her husband and her were sitting there at this restaurant with their little boy and they were like, talking about what God was doing, talking about what he had spoken to them about during the conference. The little boy said, oh, can I have a breadstick? And they were like, oh, yeah, didn't really think anything of it because they were like, we always give him food to kind of play with. They still kept talking about God, talking about the testimonies of what they had seen. As he was sitting there in that atmosphere of testimony and sharing what God had done, his mum, he said to his mum, oh, can I have another breadstick? And his mum looked around and the first breadstick was gone. And she was like, wait, what? Did you eat it? And he was like, yeah. She's like, why? And he was like, I felt hungry. And obviously then they broke down. They got so emotional because they were like, for 10 years, he had to be fed through an intravenous tube 
And then throughout the day, she was like, I kept looking at his back thinking, there's something weird going on with his back. It was the muscles starting to grow out that he had gone from being hunched over to being upright because his muscles were growing. And then during the rest of the conference, he would be in his wheelchair. Then he'd stand up, run around, run around in praise and worship. And he'd only come and sit in the wheelchair when he got tired. But the mom was like, you've got to understand, this was 10 years of our son getting less and less and less, not being able to eat. He woke up the next morning. He's like, mom, I'm starving. He ate a full breakfast, which had never happened before because his body physically didn't have the digestive system. Oh my gosh, church, this is our God. This is my God. This is your God. If you are a Christian and you have the power of the Holy Spirit, this is it. This is not just stories. This is not just, I mean, These are those moments where that little boy can stand up and you can go and you can watch it online. I encourage you to. The title, it goes for like eight minutes or something. And the title is, um, this wasn't the plan or something. Because the mum was like, you know, we just, obviously like you go for healing, but it's still like this moment of like, this wasn't the plan, God. Like, oh my gosh. Um, Anyway, so go and read it. Go and watch it if you want to. It's so cool. And it's so cool. And the little boy is standing there like a fully healthy, functional 10-year-old boy. And there are those moments, like with Peter and John, where the lame man is standing there and the officials and the you know, religious leaders look at him and go, we can't argue a case because the power of God is so vivid and evident in, so, in front of us that what are we going to say? This is what these testimonies are. This is what these miracles are. That let me encourage us and spur us on church. When was the last time you saw a miracle? When was the last time that you can say, God, I stand in awe because that little boy had no proper digestive system. He had no muscle growth and it happened. It was healed. It, you know, that guy was dead and was held up against the wall and came back to life. These are not like fantasy stories and, oh, that's really nice. Like, oh my goodness. Like, This is the same God, the same power. You have the same ability and it's not based. I fully don't think it's based on what country we're in and, oh, well, we're in a Western country. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh, my gosh, who cares? Like, your God is big and strong and mighty and able. He's able to heal and deliver and set free just as much in our country as he is in Africa, as he is in Asia, as he is in Europe. Doesn't matter. Cross continents. Who cares? It is all about us abandoning ourselves and going, God, like what Peter and John said, let's go back to that, that scripture. May we speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. All you have to do, church, it's so simple. Align yourself with the supernatural. Align yourself with the spiritual. Get a word from God. Like I said, that word could just be literally the Bible. It could be you declaring scripture over over somebody. A word could be you getting a prophetic word for someone, getting a word of knowledge for someone. A word could be your testimony. It could be you sharing what God has done. I've heard so many stories of when people have shared testimonies. Even now it might have happened. You know, I'm sharing testimonies about autism being healed or bipolar being healed. I believe that me through sharing that, it can start breaking out in this room. It can start breaking out online on the podcast. You don't have to physically be in the service or physically have me pray over you for it to happen. 
Your testimony could be what you speak out with all confidence to then see him heal and do signs and wonders. Because we're talking about the prophetic. We're talking about the supernatural. But I fully believe that there's a partnership between us being in that realm and speaking that out and then seeing God do the supernatural above and beyond miraculous in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Romans 2 verse 4 says that it's his kindness that leads people to repentance. Every time God does a sign, a wonder, a miracle, something supernatural, all it is, is it's us introducing people to his kindness, the kindness of God. You know, every time you step out, it gives other people an opportunity to believe. That's it. So the times that you go, oh, I'm not going to because I'm scared and what if it doesn't work? You're just saying no to giving that person an opportunity to experience the kindness of God, for that person to experience the love of God, for that person to experience a little bit of his a taste and see that he is good. So every time it's not about us and what it is about, and Pastor Joel reminded me of this this morning, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it, Pastor Joel. 1 Corinthians 16, 14, it's so simple. Do everything in love. Do everything in love. Everything, 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 everything. Do everything in love. Because it says, that's what Jesus said, this is how the world will know that you're my disciples, by the way that you love. By the way that you love. So every time that we step out, every time that we speak, every time that we encourage somebody, when it's moved out of a heart of love, when it's, I love this person, I love this person that I need to reach out and give them an encounter with the kindness of God, that's when he moves. The Passion Version of uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, let love and kindness be the motivation behind everything that you do. And that's why when Benai's talking about the prophetic, a lot of us, you know, and I've seen it, I've, I'm, I'm 30 um, and I've been in church my whole life and I have seen the prophetic do damage done damage to people and I think sometimes that's why we get a little bit wary of it because some people even here might have experienced when it's been damaging but when everything is done in love and kindness and the the backbone of it backbone of it like what Benai has been saying is that it builds each other up that it comforts that encourages that it brings life when you do that church that's when it makes way for God to come and do a miracle. And oh my gosh, I am just, and it's not because I like a good story. It's not because I'm like, let's go and see, I don't know, dead people come back to life. It's not just because it's the kick out of it. It's because when God displays his power like that in such a way, it leaves people so in awe that you can't explain it, that you can't argue it, that you can't, you know, go, oh, well, maybe I'll just, I don't know, read my Bible in the closet and that's good enough. Like, it just makes you hungry for more because you're like, man, our world needs this. People need something that is supernatural and different and challenging and makes you go, oh, let me read you this quote. And this quote is, I think, is so confronting because, so it's Smith Wigglesworth. Like I said, he died in 1947. I don't know when he said this quote, but that was, that's, a while ago, yeah, that's, you know, a couple of years. <laughs> um, but this quote, when you look at it, I feel like it's so much today. 
which makes me so nervous is not the right word, but a little bit like, oh, I don't want Bear to be, which is, who's my son, to be reading a quote or something that we talked about here, but it still hasn't happened in his generation. Does that make sense? So this quote that I'm going to read, it's going to pop up in a second, but it's, it's from so many years ago, and yet you read it and you go, oh, that sounds like today. And I just want to challenge us, church, that we don't let the next generation go, oh, that's what they said. But that sounds like today. Do you, I think that we owe it to the next generation to build a platform for them to stand on that goes, those crazy testimonies that we heard from years and years ago, that we have that here that our kids can go, that's what mum and dad pioneered. That's what my aunties and uncles in the faith pioneered for me. So I see that and I go, that is possible, that is attainable, but so much more. Let me read you this. We got it up. The reason the world is not seeing Christ is that Christian people are not filled with Jesus. They are satisfied with attending meetings weekly, reading the Bible occasionally, and praying sometimes. It is an awful thing for me to see people who profess to be Christians lifeless, powerless, and in a place where their lives are so parallel to unbelievers, living lives in which it is difficult to tell which place they are in, whether in the flesh or in the spirit. I'm going to read it again. The reason the world, and this is the world back in the 1900s, is not seeing Jesus, is that Christian people are not filled with Jesus. They are satisfied with attending meetings weekly, reading the Bible occasionally, and praying sometimes. It is an awful thing for me to see people who profess to be Christians lifeless, powerless, and in a place where their lives are so parallel to unbelievers, living lives in which it is difficult to tell which place they are in, whether in the flesh or in the spirit. It's such, I read that and I, it was such a wake-up call for me and I just thought, man, this is years and years and years and years ago, decades and decades ago, this quote. And I look at the church in quotation marks, the broader church, the, the world church, and I think how many Christians profess and yet they're lifeless, powerless, and there's nothing that distinguishes them to their next door neighbor, to the person at the grocery store, because they're not living, being filled with Jesus. And that's all it is. And I share these testimonies and I share what I have today. Like I said before, I never want you to feel condemned. I never want you to feel like I'm judging. I never want you to feel like I'm, you know, going, we're not doing good. Like I, Because it's not about that. It's about empowering you and reminding you. And some of you remember, some of you have moments where you go, yeah, I saw God do that. And there was that moment where I can remember so clearly how that felt. And it just hasn't happened for a couple of years because maybe it's life. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe you've believed for stuff and it hasn't happened. Other people of you, maybe you never have experienced a miracle. And it's not a condemning thing, but it's just to encourage you and if anything to empower you to say, 
This is in your hands. This is so attainable to you because all it is, all it is, it's so simple. It's what Peter and John said. We share the word with confidence and then he extends his hand to heal and do signs and wonders. It's not on your shoulders to heal anybody, church. It's not on your shoulders to repair the broken, damaged, hurting people of our world. It's not. My gosh, you'll kill yourself if you think it's all about you trying to do that. It's such a, that's a huge, huge weight. All you're required to do is surrender to God, open up your heart to Him and position yourself in a way that allows you to hear His heart, His word, His voice, And then you speak that with boldness and confidence and then watch what he does. That's it. It's so simple and it's so beautiful and I'm so hungry. And like I said, this is me too. Like I said to you, I haven't done a treasure hunt since I was probably 15 or 16. So this is on me too, 100%. I'm not up here saying I have 5,000 healings I did this week. Um, Not at all. I'm trying to encourage us and spur us on, church, that if we want to be a revival, if we want to be a church that refreshes, we got to start to see some supernatural, crazy God. We can't explain it, but they're standing here and there's no case that the world can throw against them because the power is so evident that you just have to go, yeah, that's what my God does. That's what my God is able to do. That's what he does when we partner and have this beautiful marriage of me stepping out and then him coming and going, yeah, bang, done. So good and so accessible in Jesus' name. I fully believe that our church is going to have those crazy testimonies where there's a testimony of, I don't know if it was, I was talking to Pastor Joel about, I don't know if it's John G. Lake or if it was somebody else, that they prayed for somebody and the leg was like somebody's leg was a normal leg, but then the other leg was like here and that was like obviously uneven. And this person prayed for them and literally saw the hip joint pop and the leg grow. I believe that that is on us as a church. We can see those testimonies. We can pray for those healings, not just physical healings, though, emotional healings, mental healings, you know, autism, bipolar, all of those things that I shared, like that is accessible and able to be us as well. Salvations, people that have a word for someone down the street and they go, do you know what? I was actually just going to go home and commit suicide. And you were that person that spoke boldness and confidently. And you said, do you know what? This is who God says you are. They break down. They have a moment of forgiveness and finding Jesus. And then you bring them to church and we embrace them. That is who we're called to be, church. That is revival. That is being a well. That is people, us coming and dipping into the river of God and saying, come and have a drink in Jesus' name because we've got it. We've got it. And I always remember, I was so challenged. Jen Mitchell, man, she was such a good, if you know Jen, you're blessed. If you don't know Jen, she's part of our family. She lives in Sydney now, but she's always part of our family. She used to challenge me so much as a young person and I hated it, but I loved it because it was always this tension of, you make me feel uncomfortable, but I get it. And I remember her saying to me one day, Charlie, imagine if you had the cure for cancer. Imagine if you, all of the cancers in the world, you had it in your pocket and you were walking down the street. What would you do with it? And I remember I was like, oh, well, obviously I would take it to like New South Wales Health. Like, I'm not carrying that. No, but 
the purpose of it though is if you had something that the world so wants, coronavirus, if you had a vaccine, if you had a vaccine for Alzheimer's, if you had a vaccine for bipolar, if you had something right now in your pocket and you were walking down the street of Nara, going to your workplace, oh, hi guys, yeah, nice day, oh, nice and warm and sunny on the weekend, good job it wasn't raining, I hate when it rains on the weekends, <laughs> and that was it, oh my goodness, but you know what, we do, <laughs> We do. We have Jesus. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have this God that saves and heals and delivers and raises people from the dead. You've got it. You've got it in your pocket. You are walking around right now where you sit in your workplaces, in your homes with the vaccine, with the cure, with, and you know what? He's better than any medical thing anyway, because he is perfect and healing and whole and wholesome. And that is who you have in your heart in this very, very moment, I challenge us, church, we need to put our hands in our pockets and start giving out some of that goodness. We need to start giving out some of that goodness because our world needs it. And yes, maybe not every person is going to get healed. Yes, maybe you will have some awkward conversations and maybe you will have some encounters that are a little bit uncomfortable. But my gosh, Imagine those that are just waiting for you to pray for them, waiting for you to speak a word of God into them, waiting for you to say, do you know what God told me this about your life? And I just want to encourage you that you are not a mistake, that you are knitted together in your mother's womb. And that person just goes, oh, that's it. That's it. So exciting. And it's so I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited for what God has for us. I'm excited for this next season. I'm excited that he's chosen us and he's called us and he's walking with us. But that it's him, that it's his hand that extends to heal. All we have to do is do the confident speaking out. And do you know what? It doesn't even have to be confident like as in like, oh. confident as in like you trust his word. Confident as in, I trust you, God. I trust that you've got this. That kind of confident. So what we're going to do is two things. Because again, our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So... I want to do two things. We're just, we're, I will take some, a moment just to quickly pray. And then I want us to do what we did last week and move around the room. And if you feel like you have a prophetic encouragement for somebody to go and give it, even if it's not, you don't feel like it's prophetic, but you just want to encourage somebody. We're going to do that. We're going to speak life because you did so well last week and that was so powerful. But then I'm also going to ask that if you need a miracle... Actually, why don't we just do that now? If you need a miracle and you would like somebody to pray for you, can you raise your hand if you are in this place and you need a miracle? Awesome. Everyone else in the church, have a look around. Don't move. Keep, it, keep your hands up, you, you people, if you feel confident and happy. Yep. The rest of the church, we are going to move towards these people after I've prayed and we're going to see some miracles. Is that Okay. Awesome. So you can put your hands down. I'm just going to pray. So Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, 
I just thank you. I thank you that you are moving and you are working in more ways than what we realize. And I thank you, God, that you have given us all power, all authority, and that, God, you are so able to do above and beyond all those things, all those testimonies, all those miracles that we heard of. It is in your nature. It is in your being. And so, Holy Spirit, we just take a moment just to invite you to come and move, invite your angels to come and minister, to come and do the impossible, to come and, to come and bring the, some people back to life, to come and raise the dead, to come and bring people back onto their legs that weren't working before. Whatever it is, God, we just ask that you come and you do. We listen to your word, we listen to your voice, and we share that, and then we partner with you in seeing something supernatural take place. God, because you are the same God, you are so powerful and we just, we want to give you credit, God. We want to give you space, God. We want to give you moments to actually blow us away with your, with your power and with your might, God. We don't want to become so religious and so boxing you into this little square of this is who you are, God. No, we want to let you loose. And so this morning as a church, we actually say, let, we let you loose in Jesus' name to move in these people's lives, especially the people that had their hands up, God, that you come and you bring a miracle. And if they've prayed before, God, if there's disappointment there, if they, they've prayed for miracles and they haven't yet seen it, Holy Spirit, it says that you are the comforter. I pray that you come and you comfort people's hearts, God, where there's discouragement, where there's disappointment, that you come and you comfort them, God, and you say that you are still loving, you are still kind, you are still on the throne, you are still able and I pray, Holy Spirit, that this morning, miracles will start to break out, God. I pray that you start to release faith in the room right now, that you start to stir up expectation. We silence fear, we silence doubt in the name of Jesus, and we just move towards these people in love, God, in your love, in your kindness, in your power, in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.